Ruin My Childhood. Hi, thank you for listening to Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where we decide if some things are better off left in the past. I'm Mike. And I'm Kat. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Last week we announced that we were going to be doing Batman Forever. And for Remake Rewind, we were doing all the Batman movies. So Katrina and I decided to also watch Batman and Robin. So we're going to actually cover both Batman movies that came out while we were children. I Um, honestly don't remember agreeing to Batman and Robin, but whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, what do you remember about... We'll we'll talk about Batman Forever first. Uh, What do you remember about Batman Forever? I remember Batman Forever was the It movie when it came out. And it was big for like years after. I think part of that was because of Seal on the soundtrack. So... It was just like this huge pop culture phenomenon. Before that, I mean, superhero movies, they kind of had like a niche audience. And this really brought Batman back into the mainstream. It really did. I remember this is the first big like Batman superhero movie that really marketed towards kids with like the toys and stuff. In fact, it must have been Christmas, but I remember I got the Batwing that the wings come off and they become like the submarine. And I got a Batman toy. My brother See, I got... hear Batwing, and I just have negative connotations. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother had um, the Robin action figure, and I think he had like the boat. So we each got like one of the vehicles and the boats, and it was a really big deal because we didn't have a lot of money growing up as a kid. Yeah, and getting those really expensive. cool toys. Yeah, I think they must have been. I don't know how much they were, but they I'm sure they were. They used to like shoot stuff. That Batmobile had little launchers, right? Yeah, so the, the Batwing that I had had like a little dart that can shoot out. And I also, you reminded me, I also had this like gauntlet thing that you can put on and it shoots like a little bat disc and I used to tie floss to it. Oh, so I'd have like a fake a grappling idea. hook. <laughs> oh, it was so great. Um, but yeah, this movie was awesome. It had Jim Carrey in it, Tommy Lee Jones, Nicole Kidman. Like it had a lot of talent. In this I movie. definitely remember enjoying Jim Carrey as a kid. Yeah, me too. I'm interested to see if it holds up as an adult because uh, what movie did we watch with Jim Carrey not too long ago that we didn't really like again for this I podcast? don't know. The Mask. The Mask. Yeah, yes. it was a little... He was just obnoxious. Yeah, it was a little hokey. Oof. Moving into Batman and Robin, what do you remember about that one? I remember nothing about Batman and Robin. Oh, really? I, I loved that one as a kid, too. That one came out when I was like 10, I think, 9 or 10. And I definitely remember all the ice puns from Arnold Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman. What? Arnold as... Schwarzenegger was in that? Yeah, he's he's Mr. Freeze. What? Okay, this is ridiculous. We have to watch this. Yeah, so it's going to be great. I'm really excited to watch it. And it's, it's oh, you're in for a treat. So let's just go and watch the movies. Okay. That when it snows, my eyes become alive And the light that you shine can't be seen All right, so we just watched the Batman movies. We're going to talk about Batman Forever first. And uh, just, what did you think, Katrina? Oh, man. Oh, man. I I was so blind. <laughs> I was so blind as a child. <laughs> yeah, I watched every Batman movie. Not all of them, but at least one from every actor 
for Remake Rewind, and I can say that Val Kilmer's definitely the blandest and most forgettable. I'm a little ashamed of myself for liking this movie as much as I did back in the day. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things that it did well, better than I would say the Michael Keaton movies. Like what? Well, this Batman used more gadgets than the Michael Keaton one. Like the Michael Keaton Batman really just used the grappling hook. And that was pretty much it. Like at the beginning of this movie, he had that little like stun gun thing and he used the battering. Mm. At the end of the movie, he had the little visor came down and he used the battering to defeat Riddler. Like he had some gadgets. Okay. So like Christian Bale, Batman had the cool stuff. Like he had the legit gadgets. Oh, he That's by far is the best me. Batman. Yeah, this, I'm not gonna... this is like hokey. This is like stuff that I could build as a 10 year old. <laughs> well, this movie, I mean, it's still... There's something about it that's fun. I'm fairly certain that Tim Burton outsourced the majority of his work on this movie well, he didn't to do a this 10 year old. One. Joel what? Schumacher did this one. I thought he directed this one. No, Tim Burton did the first two Batman and Batman Returns. Okay. This was Joel Schumacher. Scratch that then. Yeah. Joel Schumacher. Um, <laughs> well, it, it back in the day, this was not on my radar, but my gaydar was flashing throughout both of these films. Very heavily. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> some, uh, <laughs> so this movie did it more, uh, first, and then Batman and Robin did it a whole lot more. But at the end of the movie, I guess I'll just summarize it, and then we'll we'll circle back to yeah. to this. So um, superhero movies are pretty easy to summarize. Basically, this movie, the the things that you guys really need to know is there's a psychiatrist named Doctor Chase Meridian, played by Nicole Kidman. I forgot her name for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at a poster of Moulin Rouge in the bedroom. <laughs> um, Nicole Kidman. And she's there to because she wants to meet Batman. Meanwhile, Two-Face is back, who used to be Batman's friend when he was a lawyer. And he blames Batman for his disfigurement. So he's back and he's like kind of terrorizing the city. And then an employee, a former employee of Wayne Enterprises. He's like, kind of terrorizing the city. Kind of, yeah. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> A former employee of Bruce Wayne's, played by Jim Carrey, Edward Enigma, he becomes the Riddler, and they end up teaming up. And at some point in the movie, <laughs> Two Face goes to the circus, takes over the circus for some reason. <laughs> and there's a boy. A, I say boy loosely because this was definitely played by a 26 year old man. Uh, yeah. Chris O'Donnell played Robin, and his family gets killed at the circus, and he gets adopted <laughs> by Bruce Wayne. And becomes Robin, and they team up at the end of the movie, and there's some friction between the two. And that's, Wait, that was supposed to be his family in the circus? Yeah, that's his family. He says See, mom, okay. dad multiple times. Seriously, I thought they were just his like performing partners, no. and he was estranged from his family because that dude looked so freaking old, and those people could not be more than five years older than him. No, the parents were way older. No, they weren't. But at the end of the movie, remember when he's fighting uh, Two-Face on the rock and he decides to save him? He's like, that's for my dad. Smack. That's oh, for my mom. Smack. That's pretty funny. That's See, for my brother. That, that was all lost on me because he just looks so freaking old. You know, older people have parents too, right? <laughs> Not that. No, parents that are that are much older than they are. I can tell you Dustin definitely had a problem on this when we were talking about it in Remake Rewind. Hmm. Um, but Yeah, he was a little too old to be... That oh, they should have got somebody who looked younger. But in the 90s, a lot of times you would have people who were like 30 like playing 30. teenagers. 
I mean, I'm almost 30 and I play teenagers, but I actually look young. Like yeah. this guy, he looked old for 25. Like he looks 30 in the in this movie. There's certain scenes where he does look really old. There are other scenes where he does look a little younger, but he definitely doesn't look like he's 16, 17 years old. And it, it just becomes confusing because he's not passing as a teenager, even remotely. And yet he walks into this situation where he's kind of like expecting to be taken care of after a certain point and it's just weird well the thing is it's funny he grew very accustomed to having alfred very quickly like when he first yeah. came in he was like i'm out as soon as the social worker and uh commissioner gordon leave oh but he did his whole routine of how he does his own laundry yeah he did that was weird <laughs> he gets water all over the freaking laundry room yeah so for those of you who don't remember he literally <laughs> pulls his clothes out of the wash like he must not have done a spin cycle because these clothes no. are soaked and then he starts like waving them around like nunchucks dancing and dancing and like wrapping around his leg and twisting so all the water goes out and then he just leaves which means alfred a senior citizen is gonna have to clean up all that water I feel like Joel Schumacher um, wrote a commercial for Maytag and got rejected, but didn't want to scrap the bit, so he worked it into this. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so out of place and so random. And like, what a jerk. He got water. every. He just made so much more work for Alfred. He could have just let him move the clothes to the dryer. Right. Or used <sighs> a darn spin cycle. A darn <laughs> spin cycle. <laughs> we don't swear on this podcast. <laughs> Who made that choice? I cursed like a sailor. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. So he looks old as hell and uh, he made a mess in the laundry room. Right. And the thing that really bothers me about the way Robin's portrayed in these movies is Batman's supposed to be this hard, grizzled man who is prepared for everything. And he does obviously take Robins in the comic books, but it's not just like, oh, there's this guy I met a couple weeks ago and he found out I'm Batman, so I'm going to let him be a superhero with me. Like, he trained right. them gruelingly. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, you know who I am. Like, they went through, like, a Batman boot camp. And this guy, like, for all he knows, has zero training. Well, and, like, why is Bruce so eager to take this kid under his wing when he doesn't necessarily know that he can benefit from him in any way shape or form and if anything he's just posing a risk to his secrecy well the re I, it's because he sees himself in in dick grayson so except his... that he was orphaned when he was like eight and dick grayson's like 30 <laughs> yeah but he was also uh orphaned by a super criminal and he saw the anger it. and he knew this guy. He thought maybe he can guide him, but then gave no I feel guidance. Like there's too much risk. Right. The, yeah. The He's whole just movie. sort of like enigmatic about the whole the thing. The whole movie, he doesn't spend any time with Robin or Dick. And <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't spend any time with him. And then by the end of the movie, when he finds out that he's Batman, he's just like, no, you can't help me and doesn't want to do anything. And the whole point is he needs guidance. And even Alfred uh, is like, dude, you brought him into the house. And Batman's like, you're encouraging this. He's like, people who want revenge don't need encouragement. They need guidance, and you need to do it. Quit being a dick, or quit being a jerk about it, and do it. I mean, we it, can say dick in this one because his name is Dick. Yeah, but in that case, I wasn't using that. Dick, 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 dick. <laughs> <laughs> Snack dick. Um, yeah. I, okay, so I think we should talk about the actors in this because I thought it was really bizarre seeing... Drew Barrymore in a oh teeny my tiny God, that's throwaway right. role. Yeah, so Drew Barrymore played one of Two Face's two female henchmen. So he had 
a henchman who looked cute and angelic, and then he had one that kind of looked like a female Rob Zombie. And for his dark half for Two Face, <laughs> she does, doesn't she? Female Rob Zombie, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Drew Barrymore was in this. Now this was before Never Been Kissed, The Wedding Singer, because she this had her like before downfall. she could act. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, she was a child actor, and then she did all kinds of drugs. She did all the drugs. And she and did a bunch of really she... bad movies, and then she got training, I'm assuming, and became a good actress. Or maybe she just got sober. Maybe. Maybe. So she was still snorting stuff on this movie? I, I mean, I'm not going to say that. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> but it was not good. It was just, um, it was weird. It felt out of place and distracting. Yeah, and well, then also, I mean, we had some other great talent in this. Tommy Lee Jones is fantastic. In I love movies. Tommy Lee Jones. And you know what? He did a fantastic job on this film, despite, like, I've, I'm pretty sure he regretted doing this movie while he was doing oh, this Oh, he movie. did. He did it for his kids. Yeah. And he hated Jim Carrey. Like, Oh, hated my God. Him. Jim Carrey in this movie is everything I hate about Jim Carrey. Well, I... I in retrospect, like while we were watching this, I was cringing a lot, but I was thinking like looking at the, the stuff and seeing like the awkward pauses, I'm sure he ad-libbed a bunch of stuff and the director just didn't know what to do with him. So he just kept going and doing stuff. And the director probably picked like the worst things because you can it's see. obnoxious. You can see Tommy Lee Jones getting more and more agitated. Well, you can also see <laughs> in within scenes, within one scene, um, Jim Carrey's mask, you'd see it starts to write up. And you can yeah. see that it's white and his red, his skin's all irritated from wearing it. Like, I'm no, sure. No, I think, I think they put on his mask and then makeup put blush on him. And then the, the mask slips up and oh, there's maybe. no blush underneath it. Oh, possibly. And that's definitely what's happening. Oh, okay. I thought maybe he just like, it just kept getting right, wrote, like just moved and he was all irritated because it's been on for so long. Because that yeah. mask seemed pretty tight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like they they didn't give him so much to work with. And he just was putting out there like there was a lot of really bad puns from his part. Right. And, well, and the, this the timing was, kind of, was a little off. This was a bit of like the 90s comedy heavyweight formula, though. So like these days, there are bits that go on too long because you have so many big names in comedy like and they're all producing. They're all directing. They're all like too many cooks on one project. Right. Back in the day, they would put everything on their one comic relief and they would hire someone big like Jim Carrey and just let them do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you I, can tell that it just wasn't always working. Yeah, I feel like he probably wasn't getting very good direction because really the acting in this movie was not great. Like Val Kilmer no. was very lackluster. He Chris, was already starting to get a little bit puffy. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell, I think, <laughs> did his best. I think he tried. Like Chris O'Donnell's not very good. We covered him. Oof. And the Three Musketeers on Remake Rewind. And he wasn't very good, but he tries. Like, you can see that he's trying. Like His acting is on par with most 90s child actors. Yeah, exactly. And he, I mean, he legitimately looked like he was having fun when he was on the motorcycles and the vehicles. And when he was in the oh, costume. He, I don't know about that. Because you can tell they were trying to have him do the stereotypical, like, screaming in joy and excitement while he's driving the Batmobile. But it's not quite working for him. So he's going... Whoa! <laughs> I think that was probably directing because, like, his eyes lit up. Like, I felt like was he was having fun. It was super awkward. I it don't was think awkward. he was having fun. I think and I think they fun. tried to get something he wasn't vocally capable of. Uh, maybe. Um, the, what else? Speaking do you want of to screaming. Go. What? What? Speaking of screaming, what? 
All right. So um, <laughs> when they're at the circus, so Bruce Wayne takes his scientist. He takes his scientist. Is she a scientist? She's a professor. She's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. So he takes his psychiatrist woman friend to the circus. And she has already had this encounter with Batman. And she's kind of like, a, you know, absorbed in this fantasy of being with Batman. But she also likes Bruce. And she's trying to feel it out. But she also warns him like, hey, I'm seeing someone. Uh, seeing someone. I mean, like a man in a suit just kind of accosted you. But whatever. No, crazy. Oh, I mean, that's not what happened. But I'll let you finish. <laughs> um. So she's like writing out this fantasy with Batman, but still trying to like give Bruce a chance. So they're at the circus. And that's when all of this goes down with Robin and his parents and Two-Face and all that. And, he, you know, he's trying to um, he's trying to pretty much trap Batman. He's expecting right. him to show up because it's an emergency. So Bruce Wayne stands up in the middle of all this and screams, I am Batman. No, and somehow Harvey, I'm <laughs> Batman. <laughs> And somehow she does not hear him. No, no, she, there's no way. There's no she's way she's sitting she right him. next to him and does not hear him screaming that he's Batman. Right. And she's got Batman on the brain. It's not like she wouldn't hear that. Yeah. So, like you said, like she's into Batman. Batman didn't come to her. Like she was at that f- opening bank robbery scene and was kind of like staring him up and like puts his hand, her hand on his chest. But then she breaks into the police department, turns on the uh, bat signal to get him to come. And then she's just wearing like lingerie. Like she That's just so creepy. Went like super, like she was super she's had, thirsty. She's had like zero contact with she him She doesn't though. know him. She doesn't yeah. know anything about him. And like, that's what she's like fascinated about. Thirsty. She is thirsty. She was super thirsty. Like, yeah. and then later on, when Batman decide, or when Bruce Wayne decides he's gonna go to her as Batman and try to feel it out as Batman, she's like, "Oh, I'm into Bruce." And he, this is like the most awkward, creepy smile right. when he turns around. I think it's hilarious. I actually like that bit. But her character as a whole was just like so '90s formulaic, typical damsel in woman distress. Char- she was. She was the damsel in distress, and they tried to like give her this badass element, like, "Oh, she's she." She's like into boxing and stuff, and he walks into her oh, bust office down the door. and busts down the door because he thinks that she's being attacked. But it's not really like being attacked noises; it's like grunting sex it noises grunty. because they just over-sexualized everything about every female character in these movies. Yeah, she's always wearing either lingerie, a sports bra, or like a really really tight black dress. Right. The entire movie. Um, <sighs> yeah, that that's true. And then, like you said, the only other t- female characters in this movie were the two henchmen wearing lingerie. Wearing lon- lingerie. So yeah, you're right. Absolutely, this movie is just, like super sexualizing women. Their outfit choices are highly impractical for their career, <laughs> right? As super villains. <laughs> and then getting back into costuming, yeah, you Hench you kind of brought this up earlier. Um, with with your gaydar, why don't you talk about what you wanted to talk about with that? Oh my gosh, there were so many crotch shots and butt shots of Batman. Like this made that famous yes. at the end. So there's a point where not even just like a split, like you expect it to be a beat and then a beat and then a beat, like cutting each no, it was time. A whole... It was like a beat and then a linger. So <laughs> towards the end of the movie, uh, the Riddler and Two Face find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. They break into his house destroy the bat cave and everything like that so batman has to try out use his new prototype bat suit which is like all black instead of having the yellow circle in the front and he puts it on and it like lingers on an ass shot for like five seconds right and that goes bananas in the next movie like this well, one only then, had one or two well there were there were a couple more than i remembered and then in the scene 
when he is trying to draw his attention to the coin. Oh, yeah. He's like trying to draw his attention to the coin in his hand. They could have very easily just done a tight shot on his hand opening and revealing the coin. Instead, it's like crotch shot hand. with the hand off yeah, to the really side. Weird. It was really weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, the other problem I had with this movie is presumably it takes place over a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Uh-huh. And the Riddler, so the whole plan that the Riddler had was he worked at Wayne Enterprises and he built what he called the box, even though it looks like a, a blender. Mm-hmm. And what it's supposed to do is he pitches it to Bruce Wayne as, oh, you put it next to your TV and then it makes it feel like you're in the TV and it beams it directly into your brain kind of thing. And so it's, he pitches it like that. But really what it can do is it can take all your secrets out. It can read your mind and it can make him smarter. But he builds his entire corporation on an island with a giant version of this giant blender thing. <laughs> but then he also has his lair there. So it's like he would be susceptible to like OSHA checks and stuff like that. And he's got his like Riddler question marks all over this island. How did right. he get that built so quick? I have no idea. And because this would manipulate brains and stuff, there's no way that he can get this product from prototype, get it tested, get it onto the market, and sell one to every uh, house in Gotham in that quick of a time frame. Mm-hmm. And where did he get the money to start it? I know he was robbing banks and stuff with Two Face, but that's not enough money to do all right. that. Like he and didn't have time cash. to launder that money and all that nonsense. I mean, it, come on. Not practical at all. No, highly impractical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I've just got like a couple little notes. Yeah, go for it. Before we wrap up this episode. Um, all right. So in her office, the psychiatrist has a Rorschach on the wall that is very clearly a bat. Right. Okay. Don't pretend like that is not a bat. That's my first note. Second note, the second AC on this movie had some problems and almost everything is out of focus. Yeah, there was. There was a How lot of How does that scene. happen Whoa. on a major motion picture? Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. Um, yeah, you know the other thing in line with your your bat Rorschach test. She also had that doll that was split right down the middle. It was black and white in a movie right. with Two Face. That was just a little too on the nose. Right. I mean, it's, let's face it. This movie kind of sucked. Yeah, it did. I've got one other one, and this is th- it goes this way in the next movie too. But this Batman is super aloof and not very intelligent in some ways. Like, he's super intelligent in others. Like, he was able to keep up with uh, the Riddler's riddles, and he knew all about the brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. But when he's on a date with uh, Nicole Kidman's character, Dr. Chase Meridian, Alfred calls him. He's like, hey, Master Dick stole the car. And he's like, what, the Jaguar? He goes, no, the other car. The the Royce? No, the other car. And he goes through, what? like, six cars <laughs> before he's like, the other car, you dummy. And, right. Like, and that happens again, although there was really one really good line that I loved at the very beginning of the movie, the first part of the movie, Batman's I'll get getting ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shall I, can I persuade <laughs> you to take a sound to the, oh, good drive through. <laughs> yeah. And he does it in the voice, even though it's just Alfred there. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Overall, this There's movie. There's just so many problems. Oh, I mean, so the problems with the story aside, the problems with the characters aside, like it was just poorly executed i agree so there were like the problems with the second ac and the focus there were problems with like the visual effects looking funky he was supposed to be under a pile of rubble and it's just kind of like driveway bedrocks yeah like there were just so many things that there were problems with the sound mixing was absolutely horrendous 
Yeah, <sighs> it was pretty bad. Um, then, like, the Two-Face is, like, shooting him with a firework gun at the end. Like, what is that? <laughs> that is straight up just fireworks. Like, is he going to attack him with some sparklers next? Well, and I the thing understand. is, he shot him with an RPG earlier in the movie, and Batman turns his Batmobile, the wheels turn 90 degrees, and the car's able to drive sideways super slow, and then it drives up a wall to avoid another RPG blast. Right. So he had better weapons. I don't know what that gun was. So things I like about this movie, um, the Riddler's sparkly costume. Yeah, that was pretty for the white one. Yeah, yeah, he's got some good costumes and some yeah, good Yeah, he's got a bunch of them. It's like a, uh, an award show. Every time you see him, it's a different outfit. I like the one-liners, and I like Seal on the soundtrack, even though I completely missed where it was in the it movie. Wasn't, it was, was in, that the, song? It, in the credits. Right. It's so disappointing. Yeah, it was just in the credits. Um, <sighs> I liked certain parts. I, I do want to point out that a lot of people kind of like don't like the Ben Affleck Batman because he kills too much. But this Batman killed several people. At the beginning of the movie, he threw a guy down an elevator shaft. But I think because the aesthetic of this movie was more comic book and bright colors, it didn't hit as hard. Yeah, but he totally killed a guy at the beginning of the movie, and he totally killed Two-Face. Um, right. He used a man's mental handicap. He used his mental uh, illness against him. Hey, you didn't flip a <laughs> coin. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me flip a coin. And then he throws like a handful of quarters at him so he doesn't know which coin is his. <laughs> and like he freaks out because he's like, I got to catch the coin. and He doesn't know. So the guy falls to his death. He used a man's mental illness against him. That's terrible. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. I um, think we should move on. From yeah. This film. So did this ruin your childhood? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. for me too. I wish I hadn't watched it. Yeah, I've loved this movie as a kid. I watched it over and over and over again. And yeah, I, it did <laughs> now not Now it's up. just crap. Yes. <laughs> but nothing can quite compare to Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes, uh, Batman and Robin. Um, this movie is the one that's always kind of crapped on. That is, that's the movie that killed the franchise. For good reason. George Clooney has apologized multiple times. And it's not his fault. Let's be real. It was the nipples on the suit. I blame them. No, the nipples were in the previous bat suit. Then they were. Val nipples. Kilmer had nipples. <laughs> the black suit that he had at well, the beginning of the movie had nipples on it. We we all have nipples, honey. Yeah, but the bat suit had nipples in Batman Forever. <laughs> they weren't as prominent. That's true. They weren't prominent. Now I think this that's movie where this film went wrong. Opens with something that's crazy. So Batman and Robin have been established. Presumably, it's been a couple years since the previous movie. Robin's got a new costume that's kind of reminiscent of his Nightwing costume in the comic books. And the movie opens with them getting ready to go go stop a, a crime. And it's crotch, butt, crotch, butt, pecs, crotch, butt on each of them. Like yep. three shots of each person's crotch, three shots of their butts, three shots of their <laughs> Pretty gratuitous. Their yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's funny is like I know people liked it back in the 90s because like that's why they obviously brought it back in this movie but clearly that's not their real bodies like that's foam rubber bolted like right. that's way better than what they got let's be real yeah it's like verging on labyrinth right <laughs> <laughs> um do you want to try to summarize this one or do you want me to just do it i you know what my notes for this are giving me nothing to work with and i don't think i could summarize this it all was right. so just all over the place this movie is definitely all over the place so i'll do my best to keep it concise um this movie basically starts with commissioner gordon calling batman saying hey there's a new villain uh robbing the museum his name is mr freeze so they get ready they go out <laughs> they fight mr freeze in the museum 
And Mr. Freeze does get away because he thaw he freezes uh, Robin. And then meanwhile, in like the jungle somewhere in South America, there's like this place where they're building like a super soldier, but they also have like a plant activist in the same facility. Um, so Bane is created and Poison Ivy are created in like one single accident. Right. They come to Gotham and they end up partnering up with Mr. Freeze because she wants to make the world be dominated by plants. He wants to save his wife and they think that they both need to go against Batman to do it. And the whole movie, Robin and Batman are at odds. Robin wants to be treated like an equal because Batman legitimately is a jerk throughout this movie. Like he cuts his motorcycle engine off so he can't keep going. So Batman is treating Robin like he's a child and not a partner. And then randomly Batgirl shows up, who's <laughs> Alfred's niece, who's been going to school in England and raised in England, but has an American accent. But she totally seems like she's going to be a villain. Yeah, she could be the way they set it up. And she has very similar arc that Robin had in the previous movie, stealing motorcycles, going on motorcycle races, and then becomes a right. superhero at the end. And once again, no training becomes a superhero. <laughs> so that's the plot in a nutshell. There's is a very Bond-esque kind of plot where they're going to freeze the entire city and hold it for ransom, which doesn't really make sense to me. Nice. So what do you remember? Like, what are the things that you want to talk about, though? Oh, my God. Um, I, I, I don't even know what some of these notes mean. So this why don't you read them and I'll try to make sense so of them. so bizarre. Um, what the F, Hawkeg team from hell. This is all in caps. <laughs> Hawkhead team from hell. Hawkhead, maybe hockey. Was there a? Oh, hockey it's probably team hockey. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Yes, yes, yes. So at the beginning then, of the movie, OMG, the acrobatics, and oh my god, Arnold as Iceman. Yeah. Was, so were we the drinking? hockey team. So this this is what bothers me. So Mr. Freeze's <laughs> backstory is that he was like a Olympic decathlon. So that's why he's so big and in shape and all that mm, stuff, right? That's odd. Right. Um, and he's also a professor who was working on a cure for a disease that his wife had and he fall he like cryogenically freezes her so he can cure her later on when he finds the the cure he falls in the cryo tank and becomes this guy who needs to be in the cold to survive and his whole plot is he's going to ransom the city specifically to gain money to do research but somehow same thing it's kind of like the riddler how did he get this He's been stealing diamonds. He has a whole frozen lair, like refrigerated lair. Right. And then he uses lasers. He uses diamonds, which doesn't make sense. He uses diamonds How? to create lasers to power his freeze rays. If lasers it's a laser. Just to heat. Yeah. It's focused energy, <laughs> which would be hot. So that doesn't make sense. But also no. it's like if he's got all that money that he was able to design that suit, that he was able to presumably create a shell company to buy the property that right, he's got like, his lair in that should be, be enough selfish. money to start doing your research bro fun some medical research no this movie it starts off intensely oh. bad my first note is oh my god the first lines are terrible so i wrote down so many in the first <laughs> scene i've got a ton of notes and i had to start slowing down so right at the very beginning of the movie once they find out that they're going to go to the museum and fight mr freeze uh, Robin goes I want a car chicks dig the car and then Batman goes this is why Superman works alone the oh. Batmobile has an exposed cockpit there's no yeah. windscreen or anything like that uh, 
they're probably one certainty. Everything freezes. All the different ice pon- uh, puns. Batman slides down a dinosaur like Fred Flintstone. No, this movie starts out intensely bad. And yeah. there's like no, there's no slowly building. There's no easing into it. It's like, bam, Iceman, bam, like bad, horrible one-liners. I, I just, I, I can't even fathom how bad this movie is. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The security footage for like when Commissioner Gordon is showing them the museum, it's clearly just a camera that they used and then reused the footage and it's got perfect dialogue and audio on it. There's what just, killed the dinosaurs? The, the Ice Age. age. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the other thing that drive, drove me crazy is towards the middle of the movie. So Mr. Freeze gets away because he freezes Robin and he's like, you've got 11 minutes to thaw him or he's dead or you can capture me. So they need to capture him. So they set up a trap where Bruce Wayne is going to auction off his prized diamonds right. at this big party. And there's hundreds of civilians there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they come as Batman and Robin as a charity thing. Like they're going to do stuff so that way they can be there, which doesn't make sense. So Bat- <laughs> Bruce Wayne is not at his own party, but Batman Robin is. added that R to his uh, little outfit. No, he had that in the previous movie. Really? Yeah, he had that in the pre. Remember, he goes, R, what he does that like, stand for? And he goes, I'm like Robin. Richard. Yeah, he said Richard. <laughs> that was really funny. So while you're watching it, she said Richard. This was for Batman Forever. <laughs> And I'm like, that's his, his name. name. Dick. And she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, his name is Richard. His name, he goes by Dick, which is short for Richard. She had no idea his name was Richard or Dick when watching this movie. <laughs> I was just being an idiot. Um, but yeah, so they put hundreds of people in jeopardy. So Mr. Freeze does show up with his whole like crew and they like freeze things and they're like, it, it's awful. Like, how are you going to set a trap with they hundreds of civilians? They get shot at by a frosty Dalek. Yeah, they, it does look like a Dalek. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. Uh, and it's it's crazy. Like, how would you as Batman set a trap with civilians? Like, why would you not say, like, set a thing in the newspaper like Batman or Bruce Wayne selling all his diamonds? It's going to go here kind of thing to, like, trap him in, like, a warehouse or something. But no, you take him to a party with hundreds of people. That that made me upset. Right. That doesn't make any sense. And I just don't know what to talk about other than how horrible this movie is. Although I do really enjoy... The sounds that the guy makes on the CCTV playback when he falls into that vat. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, ah, ah, the, ah, that they even have like sound recording yeah, on it that doesn't is make hilarious. Any sense. To me. Well, this movie, both of these movies, but this one even more had like ridiculous sound effects, kind of like the Power Rangers movie that we mm-hmm. watched. Like people would hit, and you would hear like almost like not bird sounds, oh, but you hear God. like whoop 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 as things, and like when people would spin, you'd hear whoop like the banana right. peel slipping sound, like. It was ridiculous, although I did really enjoy Uma Thurman in this because they had to do the stereotypical like hot girl transformation, so they had to ugly her up in the beginning of the film. I'm going to say it worked, though. She looked fantastic. She did. I especially enjoyed her as the pink gorilla. I've never really found her all that attractive, (laughs) but when she came out in that pink gorilla suit, then she was in like like that green (laughs) outfit. I was like, dang, Uma, you could get it. I love the pink gorilla. That 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 entire scene is just so... It's um, it's so bizarre. It catches you off guard. But that scene is enjoyable just because she it's such a, actually, a bizarre feast for the eyes. For the most part, really great. And the whole like using her to get between Batman and Robin and the whole pushing that divide between them. Like, hey, Robin, you can be you. You're just as good as Batman. And she makes like it a was a thing. good plot device. It, it worked really well, actually, in retrospect. The only thing I didn't like with her is she went from being like modest and everything to being this super hot super villain 
but and she was using her sexuality against men like she's got poison lips so she killed a bunch of guys by kissing them but when yeah, Batgirl that comes around, makes sense from a scientific. No, no, standpoint. no. I'm for it. Like I, I was willing to suspend my disbelief for it. They explained it pretty early. Hey, I've got chlorophyll for blood. I've got venom or poison for my lips, and you know, I bought it. They explained it enough that I'm willing to buy it. But at the end, what I didn't like was it makes sense that she plays up that sexuality with men. But while she's fighting Batgirl, and she pulls a knife. She stops the fight, holds up a hand, and looks at a reflection in the knife. That kind of bothered me. Yeah, that was because she's talking about girl power throughout the whole movie. Right. Like, I don't feel like that would be something that she would have done. There were a lot of little bits like that that were obviously written by like forty-five-year-old men. Oh, who totally. Thought they were still funny. Like when he pulls out that credit card. Oh, he pulls out the credit card with the what bat thing. What was that? He's like, I never go home without. I never leave home without it. That was such a stupid, unnecessary aside. It's well, just like groan inducing. So the reason this movie is so much hokier and cornier than the previous one, and the previous one was pretty corny. It had some of those weird sound effects too, was that movie, Batman Forever was so successful mm-hmm. and sold so many toys that Warner Brothers was like, let's fast track this. Let's get another one out. They structured this around selling toys that's exactly what it was joel was schumacher priority joel schumacher has apologized for this movie and has said that he <laughs> wishes he didn't take it or he wished that he stood up to them because there's a reason why each each person gets two different costumes and so, they had to have a, a second vehicle right yeah so they had batman had his batmobile robin had his motorcycle then at the end when they go to fight mr freeze for the big finale they have a different Batmobile that's painted slightly silver, uh, like a motorcycle with a fan on it. Even Batgirl, who only shows up in like three scenes, has two different costumes. She shows up with a black costume, and then they go back to the Batcave, presuming she comes back with a black and silver costume. Um, Mr. Freeze. Did they ever address why Alfred was sick? Yeah, he had the same disease that Mr. Freeze's wife had, but at a at a less severe stage she had he had stage one where the wife had like stage three no i i mean like did they resolve it and like make him better yes he did so yeah <laughs> okay. that was the whole thing at the end of the movie they find out that mr freeze had cured stage one and two but not stage right. three which and is kind of ridiculous he goes and guilts mr freeze and saying like hey i've got your wife still she's still cryogenically frozen because poison ivy told mr freeze that robin and batman disconnected her and killed her so that's the main reason why he goes super crazy at the end but he's like look i still have her i will make sure that when you go to prison that you will have the funds and the equipment needed to fund your research right so basically rewarding this really bad behavior yeah um now granted because he's got a family member or a loved one who's sick and he goes my i've got a friend who's got stage one and he like has the cure on him he like pops open a hatch and he's like here's stage one take two in the morning and call me kind of thing but yeah, no, Alfred like wakes up the next Just day. Just in case he comes across anyone who needs it. Right. So Alfred does the wake up the next morning. super rare disease. And is like, I feel great. And he right. like, does a like, little like arm dance kind of thing. <laughs> because that's exactly how recovery from degenerative disease works. Right. So some of the other <sighs> things, just like hot scenes, and I'll let you say what you want if you want. If not, we'll just pass over him. But there's that big motorcycle scene with the race mm. where... You know, that was kind of fun. It was interesting. It was kind of like the scene where Robin fights like the glow gang in the previous movie. So there's that. That was weird. There was... God, all the puns were fantastic. We haven't even talked about Bane. Oh, Bane was such a throwaway, sad excuse for a character in this film. Yeah, Bane is nothing like he is in the comic books. Um, That actor died shortly after this movie and his wife tried to sue the 
the studio because she says he did steroids to get as big as he could for this movie. Well, this movie definitely killed him, no matter what the process. Right. <laughs> um, this movie. Was I so enjoyed bad. the tiki bar on steroids dance routine scene. Yeah, that was fun. That was that whole party, and then it led to that bid. There was like, a they're... wall in there that I'm pretty sure was from the set for Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, it looked like it. Yeah, that big, that big <laughs> stone head thing. That was enjoyable, and it was just because there was so much going on, it was overwhelming. But it, you know, it was one of the more entertaining scenes in the movie. That's for sure. So, in this movie, were you more on Robin's side or Batman's side <laughs> on their argument? Well, I only actually have one note left on my list, and that note says, "Let's see, Robin is a piece of shit who ruins Whoa. everything." <laughs> I disagree because this movie so Robin had saved Batman multiple times in the last movie now granted Batman ultimately saved Robin at the end but in this movie all he's asking is to be treated with respect like Batman's constantly telling him what to do now granted he's a little hot maybe he should prove that he deserves that respect well he I feel like and he, be responsible well I other than that scene where he did leap for freeze and he got frozen but there's no way that either one of them could have known that happened it just happened to be that he got to the door first i think Batman they have a about- really unhealthy relationship and very poor communication especially considering that bruce dated a psychiatrist he right? should know better well and that's the thing that drives me crazy <laughs> is like i mentioned the no lack of training thing like if, if robin did anything wrong it's because you didn't train him batman Right, you equipped him with crazy dangerous stuff right. and then didn't train him. Well, the him. thing that also drives me crazy is Batman really does, it does seem like he is trying to hold Robin back. Like, there's that scene where they're chasing Mr. Freeze in their vehicles and they're on the giant statue and they jump across. And Batman is like, you're not going to make the jump. And he's like, I'm on a motorcycle, I can make it. Like, the motorcycle is much more likely to make that dangerous jump than a 30-foot-long Batmobile. Right, and him, like, getting in the way, if anything, just, like, yeah, he could did, have killed him. He remotely disables the motorcycle. The, mis- the yeah. motorcycle starts swerving, the engine stalls, and starts sliding, and it stops, like, a foot from the edge of right. this thing. Like, it would have been better, and they have those capes that allow them to glide a little bit. And slow their fall and grapple hooks. Like even if he didn't make the jump, he could have bailed, shot the yeah. grappling hook, which happens at the end of the movie anyway. Like Bat, he could have survived. Like he should have let it go. So I, I do think that Batman was kind of in the wrong in this movie. I think they both suck in this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite Bat or Mister Freeze pun? Um, oh jeez, there were so many. But you know, I think my favorite is. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. I like when he showed up to the party, that, that trap, and he's like, cool party. <laughs> I really like that one. <laughs> uh, the Iceman cometh. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Stay cool, bird boy. All right, everyone. Chill. Cool party. Let's kick some ice. But overall, like, what do you did this one ruin your childhood as well? Well, I didn't have any expectations for this one, so I can't say it did. I think as a movie, this one is actually more enjoyable to watch than Batman Forever because it's just so over the top bad. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Going into this one, I was expecting this one not to be very good and I thought this one was gonna be a chore, but I had a really fun time watching this movie. I stopped taking notes about halfway through the movie because I got completely <laughs> like engrossed into the movie because it is so bad and so corny and right and visually movies, it was interesting. Bad movies, I mean, 
in the beginning, bad movies, you're looking for the truth in them. You're looking for the stuff that still feels believable. This is one of those movies that right off the bat just completely shoots that to hell. And so you're free to just enjoy how terrible it is. Right. And I think, yeah, I think this movie was just so bad that it was good. I enjoyed watching it. Like, I honestly could watch it again. I loved all the puns. It was really hokey. I think the action was better in it than the previous one. I think Batman Forever is just so forgettable. Um, where this one, I think, is infinitely watchable for how bad it is. It's kind of like The Room in that it's so bad that it's good. I agree. Cool. Oh, what are we doing next <laughs> week? Or next episode? Oh, next episode is December, so we're doing a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, which one do you want to do? Oh. Oh. The Santa Claus. You want to do the Santa Claus? We should do the Santa Claus. All right. So next episode, we are going to be covering the Tim Allen classic, The Santa Claus. Is it a classic? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Katrina, where can our listeners find you? I'm all over the internet at Katrinaocity. Check out my YouTube channel. And you can check out everything that's MDX Pods related, Remake, Rewind, Ruin My Childhood at MDXPods.com. We also do daily updates on Instagram and Twitter at MDXPods. Check us out on Patreon.com. We just sent out most of the rewards for the October giveaways. So thank you for everyone who's been supporting us. You can check us out at Patreon.com slash MDXPods if you want to support the podcast. And uh, also check us out on Audible or audibletrial.com slash mdxpods if you want a free month and a free book. Other than that, thank you for listening and uh, happy holidays. Thanks for listening.